0: are canada's music experts ask our knowledgeable staff about long and mcquay's large selection of instruments and accessories purchase rent or rent to own all at unbeatable rates and don't forget to check out the music lesson center featuring qualified teachers and private instructions for all ages levels and styles go to long-mcquay.com to find out more
1: Northumberland 89.7 is CFWN, truly local radio, serving Northumberland County, a not-for-profit volunteer community radio station. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests of Reality Realty are not necessarily the views or opinions of Northumberland 89.7 FM. The information given is designed to be informative and helpful. You should always consult a professional when buying or selling your home. This is Reality Realty and I'm Dale Bryant. I'm a real estate broker with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. So buckle up for safety because the doors are shut and the accelerator pedal is to the floor for another Reality Realty, Northumberland 89.7 FM's local real estate forum. Every Thursday morning at this time we take on, we talk about, and we interview guests on all things real estate with a direct focus on Northumberland County and the communities within it. If you're paying attention to the news over the past year or better, a good part of the real estate news has been about foreign investors buying real estate here in Canada and some of the problems that the the people in charge have decided that that's creating. and how it's affecting our real estate market. Uh, Today we will have Jim McGrath. Jim is a local Coburg lawyer and he'll be joining us and he'll hopefully help us understand what the initial situation is all about and the steps that have been made towards improving it, especially something that was implemented called the Non-Resident Speculation Tax. But first things first, we will take a look at snapshot. And Snapshot is a, local, is a look at the local real estate market right here in Northumberland County. And uh, for listeners of Reality Realty, you will likely not see these stats anywhere else. There's no other body, no other organization that calculates these stats the way that we do here. And it, it uh, encompasses from border to border to border of Northumberland County. So there have been 180 single family residential sales over the past month, and that is up four sales more than we reported last week. It leaves us with an inventory of single family residential homes, an inventory of 256 homes for sale. The average selling price, and this is something that has just been skyrocketing. When we first started Reality Realty, two and a half years ago, the average selling price would stay the same and it would stay the same and it would stay the same for months and months on end. But the average selling price of successful uh, sales over the past 12 months has increased again to approximately $382,000. Now, if I look back on on my uh, data here and I look back maybe... Oh, what would that be that'd be one, two, three all almost a year ago, maybe not quite a year ago uh we were we were looking at numbers of three hundred thousand, and now we're up to three hundred and eighty two thousand so that's a huge climb in the average price of residential real estate here in our county on average, people are receiving just over. of their asking price. Now, that 100% of their asking price, it's it's a little unique now. With such an overheated market, with such a hot real estate market, we are seeing when when we as realtors will do market analysis, at at least I can speak for myself, and I take comparable homes for sale uh, that have sold and I'm trying to evaluate a price for a a new home that's about to be listed and i take the comps and i adjust them for features for time for finishes for square footage and what have you my numbers in the end don't all line up in a nice tidy narrow band like they used to in 2014 and prior those numbers can be scattered because we are in such a a strong market uh i would say i would say in a, in an unhealthy way it's so strong that I- there's no real consistency over it so that 100 percent of the asking price some people are so far exceeding that you you could see it p- potentially a home and i have one in my mind here uh recently sold the the asking price of that home was four nineteen, and it sold for five twenty. But then I was recently involved in one and had a buyer, and it was for sale for six thirty nine, and we we got it for six. So they can be all over place. So just keep that in mind if, if you're very close to being involved in a real estate transaction that not all homes are falling in to this uh, to this to this number here and and these homes over the past year have been selling in a market time of 40 days and once again that's something that has been continually dropping down uh, days on market and we're getting closer and closer we're still not right there with the GTA but we're getting closer to GTA numbers all the time I research these Northumberland County statistics and I calculate the absorption rate using information from List Central. And List Central is the local realtor component of the MLS system. So if you're thinking of buying or selling a home, this is the kind of information that you'll want. But you'll want it to be more area-specific, so not just over all of Northumberland County, but what community? Is it Coburg? Is it Port Hope? Is it Crammy Township? Area-specific, specific to the property type that you're dealing with. So a newer build will potentially be different than a century home, which will be t- potentially different than a log home, and the price band you're dealing with if you're in that sweet spot and you're in that sp- uh, that um, average price three fifty to four fifty say those homes are going to look a lot different their stats than something that's up around the eight hundred nine hundred thousand dollar mark. so how will you know? this information and make it work to the best for you, well, you'll talk to your local realtor because your local realtor understands the Northumberland market information that's most relevant to you. Today's mortgage rates, the five-year fixed is still as low as 2.44%, and the five-year variable is low as prime minus 0.8, which brings it to 1.9%. And today's mortgage rates come to us from mortgage broker, Carol Ann Bryant, with the Broker Financial Group. And that, folks, is a snapshot of the residential real estate market right here in Northumberland County. And this is just a reminder that the views and opinions expressed by me, co-host, guests of the show, or any of the articles presented do not represent the views and opinions of the station of the Northumberland Hills Association of Realtors, or of any real estate brokerage or of any other realtor. They're simply our views and opinions at this time. So I'd like to introduce our guest today. We have a uh, local lawyer, Jim McGrath. And many, many of you would remember Jim from Law Talk, a weekly talk show that had a long run here at 89.7 FM. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Dale. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Uh, I usually say I'm doing fantastic for an old guy. that's just the first thing that always comes off my tongue and then and then sometimes i say it to somebody who maybe is a little older than me and
0: like right now
1: well i I don't even know why that whole thought came into my mind jim but i'm doing well how about yourself
0: (laughs) i'm doing good dale i'm enjoying the warm weather uh i'm glad it's finally here i hope it doesn't blow out all the flowers in the beautiful gardens we have around
1: Hmm. Yeah, we we've had plenty of rain, so we should have a, a good growing spurt here in our gardens and lawns. So, Jim, today we're we're going to be talking about basically talking about this overheated real estate market with with seemingly not enough checks and balances, which has resulted in um, uh, not enough housing available yes. and skyrocketing prices. And so, our government has recently done something. Uh, about this now and and there's a few things they brought into play we're gonna look we're gonna just mention a number of them but uh, the big one we're going to talk about is uh, to cool the uh, rent and housing market we're going to talk about the non-resident speculation tax now uh, first of all Jim I I'm just curious according to our uh, Ontario government there's been uh, about 8% of the buyers in the GTA are non-residents, so foreign buyers. Um, they've been dealing with this for a long time. Do we see, do we see that many foreign buyers here in Northumberland County?
0: Um, well, it's hard to get at those figures. Um, so I won't say there are foreign non-resident buyers, uh, but there are non-resident Coburg people buying up properties. Uh, I know during April of one family or group, uh, that bought four properties in town at least, possibly more. Uh, but I, I know of four of them. And this one one family and they're not living in any of them. Mm-hmm. They're all for rental. Uh, so there you go. Now let, let's look at a little bit why this is perceived as a problem because mm-hmm. obviously uh, my real estate's going very well this year. You, I assume, your real estate's going very well. The the uh, agents are happy. The agents, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the problem for them is lack of inventory right now.
1: Uh, absolutely. Biggest issue.
0: Okay. And, and what that means for people not in the industry is there aren't enough houses to sell. There are lots of buyers. This drives up the price. Um, the prices in Coburg, uh, whether or not they're sustainable or not, I don't know, but they're going up very quickly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and we just, yeah, we just looked at that on uh, on our snapshot yeah. segment. They're just skyrocketing. Is,
0: is, is it fair to say within town? You would know better than me, but is it fair to say within town, they've doubled in the past three years?
1: They're they're close to doubling. Mm-hmm. They they wouldn't. I wouldn't say they've doubled, but they're close. Um, I mean, we just. We just looked at the average um, market price of um, homes that sold within the last year in Northumberland County was 382000 And I'm looking back on my data here, and I only keep it for so long and then I get rid of it, but uh, I'm, I'm looking at we were at 300000 not all that long. That might be one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, nine or ten months ago, we were at uh, 300000 Yeah. So we have went up 82000 in that time,
0: well, I'm I'm seeing houses where I've I've been on title, or I, I for some reason know the value of uh, five or six years ago would have been maybe two hundred thousand, and now they're selling for well over four. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's not not unusual, but what that does do is it cuts down the number of people that can get into that market, as in our kids. Uh, mm-hmm. Young people just getting into the workforce, uh, just earning their first incomes, have a tough time affording a house in Coburg.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and, this, and then this, this go- has
0: been a long time problem in Toronto.
1: Yeah, and then they go to rent, and there's hardly anything there as well.
0: That's right. You be, for instance, uh, a lot of the rentals that are coming up right now because of people coming in and buying for the purposes of renting. Uh, they come in and they buy a house and they pay 400 and change for the house. And it's a house. It's not an apartment. It's not a duplex. It's, it's just a it's detached house. And now they want to rent it out. So what's rent on a house going for? Uh, over 2000 a year, a month, I mean? Oh, yeah. So uh, one I know of, I think, is uh, 2250 Another one is uh, 2400 And these are uh, essentially bungalows. Um, how many young people can afford uh that you know, you're 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 twenty six, twenty seven thousand dollars a month in rent alone. That how, how do you afford that? You've got to be making over uh, sixty grand a year, I would think, to be able to afford that. And then you're you can't make that kind of money as a twenty five year old in in Coburg.
1: And it seems like a shame, even if you can make it, that that money's not going into your own investment. Right. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Uh, so that brings up the questions of how much higher can the prices go. Uh, at some point, people have to run out of money. Um, I, I had an interesting discussion with some lawyers uh, not very long ago. We had a meeting about the real estate market and these new rules, actually. Uh, and I have to admit that I'm kind of a, a naysayer about some of this stuff. But, but I see some of the very young lawyers uh, are thinking, oh, this is going to go on at least five years. And I think some of the middle-aged lawyers are saying, oh, you know, I think we got three years. Well, I'm looking at this. I'm saying uh, two years, three years at the absolute outside. And what these people don't realize, and, and some of the old older people out there will remember this, 1990-91, big crash in the market in this area. 1983-84, uh, big crash throughout Ontario. Um At those times, the the market went way up. Now, in 1984, the interest rates were also extremely high. 17 18% was not unusual for a mortgage. Mm -hmm. But when those markets went south, they went south fast. Uh, I I know one story of an individual who had a property uh, in Hastings County, and he was living in it. He wanted to buy another property a little further away that was worth uh, well, he paid uh, 600,000 plus for the property he bought.
1: Mm-hmm. He
0: was expecting to sell his property for close to four. So he w- took a long closing on the house he was buying while he sold his property. But he sold it at just the wrong time, put it on the market at just the wrong time, and the prices started going down. He ended up selling for under two. Mm. So all of a sudden he had this really huge mortgage that he was unprepared to uh, unprepared to cover, and I'm trying to tell that to some of the younger people now. Um, if you're in the market, stay in the market. Because you know it doesn't matter if if the market crashes, uh, so my house isn't worth as much. Everybody else's house isn't worth as much, so mm-hmm. I can sell my house still buy another house. Yeah, it's so all it, relative. If the market's high, you know, say say I can get six hundred thousand for my house. I don't know what it's worth, but but say I can get that. So I sell my house for six hundred thousand dollars. It sounds like I've made a lot of money, but if I'm going to buy another house, I got to pay that kind of money. So if you're in the market, it's very relative. Just stay there. Uh, some of the older people might want to think about getting out of the market because this is not going to last forever. Prices are not going to go back to where they were 10 years ago, but they're going to go down. And you can't time it. It's going to, all of a sudden, one buyer is going to say, "Now nah, you're asking too much for your house. And you're not going to have another buyer at that level, so you're going to start to lower the price. As soon as you start to lower the price, everyone else starts.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and I... I I question myself all the time on when what, how long will this will this last and uh, but <laughs> I think back to two years ago, uh, it, actually we finished two thousand and fifteen market, and I remember being here at the mic, and the Canadian Real Estate Association predicted two thousand and sixteen was going to flatten. And mm-hmm. CMHC predicted that uh, 2016 could not maintain the pace that we, we received in 2015, and it would, too, flatten. And, it's still and, and it, it made sense to me, too. And I said, yeah, th- folks, there's no way that we can keep this up. I was thinking of, like, my own golf game. Yeah. Like, if I get a good shot, will I ever do two in a row? Likely not. <laughs> and, and so, I, you know, there I sat and saying, hey, folks, It's just not going to happen. Well, 2016 was twice the year 15 was, and now 17 is that much more again. So, And how long have they been saying the bubble will bust in in the GTA?
0: At least two years. Yeah. At least two years. (laughs) And and that's the argument that the younger people are using against me. We said this thing two years ago, and it's still going up. We said it three years ago. It's still going up, and they're true. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, all I can say is I can't tell you what the timing is going to be. But it is going to happen. Mm. At some point, interest rates will start to go up. People's ability to pay will come to a, a ceiling. And then all of a sudden, it will start to go down. And, you know, it might be right. It might be five years. It might be three years. But it will happen at some point.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I have to think uh, like that, too. And, and y- you know, just the laws of nature the laws of nature look for a, a balance, equilibrium. Yep. And this is really unbalanced. Uh, you think of a, a a tree, a tree that grows fast. Well, that's going to be the first one to fall too. So you get those slow growers, those strong trees, and, and they're the ones that have uh, staying power. Well, Jim, some, some of the things that uh, Kathleen Wynne did announce some time ago, um, one was um, to do with... Uh, expanding the rent control uh, that uh, prior prior to her announcement any any um, rental properties that were built prior to 1991 had rent control on them if if it was a building that was built after or 1991 or later there was no rent control on them so so she uh, you know that's been remedied Wh- what do you think about that I feel like it was a big, a big gap in the system there.
0: Well, I've I've heard both sides of that argument, and I don't really have an answer, uh, but I have a lot of questions, since <laughs> <laughs> I usually do. Um, with, let's say the 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 typical thing where I grew when when I started in this business, we had rent control, very solid rent control. Mm-hmm. Um, as I went along, they pulled back the rent control, and what it became is that. While you were in the apartment, they could only raise the rent a certain amount each year. But once you left the apartment, they could reset the rent, mm-hmm. um, which sounds like a fair thing for uh, for landlords. You know, it's, it's like i got to treat this guy fair. Uh, I can't jump him all of a sudden. But I'm allowed to go back to the market when I have an open apartment. That sounds fine, except it encourages landlords to get tenants out. You know, so you, you end up with tenants being pressured to leave. Uh, you also end up with situations where if you have a multi-unit uh, complex, you have some tenants paying not too much and other tenants paying a lot more because they're newer. Uh, so frictions happen there. Uh, what's the answer? I don't know. I think rent controls themselves have been a problem because it has been shown that rent controls all all by themselves limit the development of rental properties. Because after all, rental properties are landlords. Landlords aren't living in it. Landlords are investing. Rental mm-hmm. properties are an investment for the landlord. And they don't want to see their investment capped. Uh, and uh, sometimes seriously capped, which they feel, you know, I've got all these expenses. I can't make any money. Uh, if I'm making, you know, 1% or 2 or 3% a year, it's just not worth my effort. Uh, and so they don't build anything new. They try and shuffle off, off the tenants. And that has been a lot of what's happened in Toronto. And with the land prices in Toronto, because, you know, a lot of these places that are bought, uh, they tear down, we've seen that in our own town, they tear down the house that's there. Sometimes a perfectly good house, but it's not just not as big and beautiful and lovely as they want. And they put up a much bigger one. So what they're buying that house for, the original house, is for the value of the land. Now, the the... The landlords are saying, the land costs so much, I have to simply get more for my rent. And if you've got rent control imposed, I can't do that, so I'm not going to do it. So we'll see whether uh, uh, this actually stimulates the market. Personally, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I don't think it's going to be a stimulus for, for an increase in inventory of rental properties. But... We'll, we'll see. I mean, that's all yeah. we can
1: do at this point. Well, I mean, the other thing that, uh, that was announced as well is over the next tw- five years, there's a $125 million uh, program to encourage construction of new rental apartment buildings. And so, so maybe that could possibly offset uh, anything newer in the future. But, uh, Jim, we're already at uh, break time. So, folks, you've been listening to Reality Realty on uh, Northumberland 89.7 FM, Local Real Estate Talk. Join us after this break. We'll continue to learn more about the, the uh, programs that have been uh, put in play and especially the non-resident speculation tax that's been introduced to Ontario to cool our market. Hello,
0: friends. I'm Lauren Fevens. As you join me each week on Sentimental Journey, your emails and letters tell me how cherished memories quickly surface when a special song from your past is played. So come along for more of those memories on this week's Sentimental Journey.
1: Heard Sunday mornings at 10 on Northumberland 89.7, Truly Local Radio. I'd like to tell you all about an important upcoming fundraiser in our community. The Northumberland Fair Share Food Banks help put food on the table each and every week, and they need your help to do it. Golf for Food Banks helped raise $30,000 for milk and fresh food for local families. Join Northumberland Fair Share Friday, June the 2nd at the Port Hope Golf and Country Club. Tickets are $150 and include lunch, buffet, dinner, prizes, and so much more. Check out Golf for Food Banks on Facebook or phone Robin at 647-526-9012 to register. Your support is needed today. Welcome back. This is Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant. And our guest today is local lawyer Jim McGrath. And Jim is uh, walking us through the new policies put in place to cool our real estate market here in the greater Golden Horseshoe area. And before break, we were we were just talking a little bit about the uh, rent control changes. And Jim, I just mentioned that these... These policies, um, especially the one we're going to talk about next, which is the non-resident speculation tax, it's geared for the Greater Golden Horseshoe, and where what where does the Greater Golden Horseshoe go to? Uh,
0: the easiest way to think of that is South Central Ontario. Uh, we are at the eastern edge. Uh, us, uh, Northumberland County and Peterborough County is the eastern edge. Uh, The western edge is uh, Brantford, Waterloo, Wellington, uh, and Haldeman, which is uh, really part of the Niagara Peninsula. And it goes north to Orillia. All right, so it doesn't include the Bruce, it doesn't include Sudbury. Uh, So it's that area. And what you're looking at is the area that is influenced by the Toronto market. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And we're in it. Northumberland County is in
0: it. If You know, it's interesting, and I would suggest people do this. Go on Google Maps and look at uh, the Toronto area. Look at this area. And look at the roads. And you'll see up through Durham County, up to uh, Bowmanville, Clarington, there are a lot of roads. Past that, there's a lot more empty space. And as we've seen in the last several years, people from Toronto moving this way, there's space here. They're mm-hmm. going to start moving. Now, we say it's farmland, but they're nibbling away at the farmland. So we're the obvious expansion area for Toronto market. And although the local population hasn't quite perceived that, we see the retirees coming in and our oh, retirement community for them. But we're much more than that in the future as Toronto grows and I think, I think for this area, they've, they've suggested something like uh, 4 or $5 million over the next 10 years. Those people got to go somewhere, mm-hmm. and we're pretty much the only place that they can go. The transportation makes it work. The location makes it work. So this area is going to become the expansion area. And if they get our public transportation in better shape, the commute to Toronto to the city isn't going to be as difficult.
1: Yeah, and they, they are. They're making that easier all the time. So now
0: you've got the whole tussle between uh, development and agricultural land. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I don't know where we go with that. But, uh, you know, some places uh, in the States, I'm thinking particularly of uh, Portland, Oregon, uh, they have put a hard cap on on development of property. And so you have at the edge of the city, you have on one side of that boundary of the city, you've got High rises. On the other side of the boundary of the city, you have cow pasture.
1: I and mean, corn. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I tell you, not everybody is happy with that. A lot of people in, in uh, Portland are happy with that. They've, they've got a nice city, it, it's planned, it's, it's quite a uh, lovely setup. But who really isn't happy with it are the farmers that are just outside the city limit because they, as many farmers on Ontario consider, that farm is their pension. Mm-hmm. When they're done farming, they retire it, they retire. They sell it, and they expect that very often a couple million dollars uh, for the purchase of their farm because the land, because the developer can make that kind of money mm-hmm. developing it. If we freeze that and say, you know, it's farmland, you can't do anything with it, the value of that land quite literally goes down in monetary terms. So you've got to deal with that. There's a big uh, political discussion happening around those kind of things. But that discussion is so much in the background. I think people need to get out there and start to to voice how they feel.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure the farmers are. Oh yeah, they're vocal. Yeah, yeah. They they can see what's going on, and it be, it's it's on their mind. It's it's their industry. So, yeah. It, I mean, there's there's always a cause, Jim. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's always oh, a yes. cause to consider. Why don't we get into this non-resident speculation tax? Uh, why don't you tell us? What is it, Jim?
0: Okay, well let let's look uh, at the uh, uh, the genesis of this thing first. BC came out with this first uh, because of the Vancouver problem, and so what's the Vancouver problem other than drugs? You had a lot of people from Asia with a lot of money coming in and buying houses that they weren't living in purely for speculation. Vancouver has been a hot Hot real estate market for over a decade now, Uh, so they're coming in and they they have money from their businesses in China, Hong Kong, India, and they need to do something with that money. They know better than to keep it in cash, and so you invest in real estate. Like your daddy always told you, they're not making any more of it. No. So they invest in the real estate, but often they're not moving. They've bought more real estate than they can possibly use, and they're not prepared to become a landlord. So the house sits there empty. And Vancouver has this problem. Some very high-priced properties are sitting there empty because the, the owner's real residence is somewhere in Asia. At the same time, these places are sitting there empty because these owners are coming in with all kinds of extra cash that the average Canadian doesn't have. They're pushing up the prices. And that's much what we're seeing here. I mean, look at how the the problem developed in the Coburg area. We have people in Toronto. The the housing market in Toronto is pushed up so high, someone retiring bought their house in 1980 for uh, $100,000, is selling it now for over a million. Mm -hmm. So they take that money. Their mortgage is already paid off. They got a million dollars. They come here. They want to buy a house. So they buy a house for $400,000. If you offered me $400,000 for my house right now, I'd probably sell it to you.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: you know, uh, I don't live in that fancy house. Um, and they buy this house for 400000 Now they've got 600000 to live on. That's a pretty nice pension.
1: Yeah, that helps.
0: Uh, oh, it helps big time. So that's the impetus to moving out here. And that gets back to the problem in Toronto with the prices in Toronto raising so fast. Uh, because of the the older people who've had their properties for a long time can now make a a real windfall off it. So the thought is, we're trying to get out of this boom and bust cycle. Uh, This boom and bust thing really happens in the big city centers. Montreal, which is in a bust right now, I think. Toronto, Vancouver, those kind of cities where they go way up and then when they crash, there's literally blood on the street so the province is trying to get us out of that boom and bust cycle so part of this is the imposition of non-residents tax because their perception is that that's where the money is coming from to buy the properties in toronto and essentially buy them for speculation like i have to ask myself this one particular situation that i know of uh, where this group, this family group have bought four houses, they're renting them out. If you want to be a landlord, you really want to be a landlord, you you build or buy a multi-unit residential unit, a small apartment building, four, five, six apartment buildings, uh, more if you, you've got that kind of money. But that's not what they're doing. They're buying single-family dwellings. My only thought, I don't know, but my only thought is they're buying those, they're renting them out to Carry the mortgages on the thought that those houses are going to increase in value. And they're going to sell them. They're going to make 10, 15% for having sat on it. This, you know, it's one thing when you're talking about dealing with a car or you're dealing with uh, an apartment complex or you're dealing with a factory, you know, you get to do that kind of stuff. But now you're dealing with where people live and Mm -hmm. how they can live. So the province has said, we we got to do something about this. Now, whether or not this is the right answer or not, I don't know. But what they've done is imposed a 15% non-residence speculation tax. Some of the older people out there will remember Ontario used to have a land speculation tax that applied pretty much across the board. We used to have to do that statement back then. Um, I think anybody called after uh, 19... Uh, 85 or so, uh, won't remember that um, or didn't have to deal with it because it was back in the 70s. But that speculation tax was aimed at the overdevelopment in Toronto at that time, too. So that's what we're doing here again. Uh, They're bringing that back. I don't know if they're bringing it back with knowledge of what happened back then. I mean, Kathleen Wynne is not that old. Mm -hmm. Does she remember that? I don't know. Do her people in government remember that? They should go back and look at the history of how that worked because that land speculation tax was not around very long, and they collapsed it because it hurt developers. It hurt uh, the way business worked. It just didn't work well. Is this going to work well? I don't know. I, I I don't know. But basically what the law says is that if you are not a resident Canadian and you buy a property, you're going to have a 15% tax Put on the purchase of that property if it's within the geographical area we talked about, the basically the Gordon, golden horseshoe. The hopes is that if you take out that 15% ahead of time, that means to make their money back, they have to hold on to it a whole lot longer than they probably originally intended. And it will cool some of the purchases, at least the purchases that are happening, simply for the purpose of uh, investing and speculating on the value of property.
1: So, so the people that this applies to, they would be who?
0: Uh, non-residents. Non-residents, non- non-Canadian non-Can- citizens. That's right, non-Canadian citizens. You Actually, you could technically be a Canadian citizen and not be a resident. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to consider that. Uh, but uh, generally, Canadian citizen is going to be fine. But it's going to he- hit the people that have made a lot of money in the Russian and the Chinese and the Indian market that are coming over here and looking for a place for their money that that's where it's what it's aimed at uh, so if, if you are, you you can be living in Canada and still be a non-resident for instance if you're here uh, you're an engineer uh, from mm-hmm. India working on computer stuff and you're here on contract for a year you're not really a resident so you may well be caught by something like this
1: mm-hmm well, what, what about this scenario here? Um, uh, somebody's a Canadian citizen, and they're living outside of Canada. They'd like to buy a piece of real estate. Uh, will the non-resident speculation tax apply to them? They're a Canadian citizen, but they don't live in Canada.
0: All right. We, we have to be cautious, and I don't think they've worked out all these details. You have to be cautious about what you consider as not living in Canada. Um if you're like some people I know, you're a Canadian citizen, you've moved out of the country, you've moved your money out of the country, you've moved everything out of the country with the idea that you are no longer paying Canadian taxes. That That's a big qualifier here. Uh, a lot of it has to do with about where you're paying your taxes. So if you're a Canadian that has really cut ties with Canada and you're no longer paying your taxes in Canada, you're paying them some other country only, then you're probably non-resident. Mm-hmm. And and I won't say for sure because the, the law hasn't worked itself out completely, but you're probably going to have to pay that 15% tax. But you have, as a Canadian citizen, you have another problem. If you end up buying real estate back in Canada, the Canada Revenue Agency may see you as emigrating, as far as they're concerned, back into Canada because as a citizen you have a right to be here and start asking you for taxes and may start asking you for back taxes because, well, you never really left, did you?
1: Okay. so uh, It gets uh, a little convoluted.
0: Oh, it does. It does. And it, it you have to be very, very cautious. Uh, but people that can afford to this have high-priced tax lawyers that can help keep them out of trouble. But you can't just flip back and forth. The main uh recipient of this tax uh, or recipient a payer of this tax is going to be the person who is not a canadian who has never lived in canada and does not now live in canada mm-hmm. but they see the market and they want in on the market
1: okay well how about the types of properties that this this new non-resident speculation tax what types of properties do does it apply to and what types would it not apply to
0: uh it it is aimed at residential properties so apartments uh houses th- that's the main thing it is not aimed at commercial properties uh it's also aimed at agricultural property and I have that here uh someplace maybe we'll come back to that but there there is a uh, definition of what is included and um Single-family residence or agricultural land is what this is really aimed at. So I, I think I said apartment buildings. that's not included. Okay. Single-family residents or agricultural land. So that's what we're protecting. Um, and there was a big flurry. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but I noticed it in my practice. There was a big flurry of houses uh, turning over in early April.
1: Mm-hmm. That's because
0: the people buying those houses that were non-residents knew this law was coming. Uh, this law came into effect april twenty uh, fourth or twenty seventh and then there was a transition period up until May 4th uh, where you didn't necessarily have to have to you could get out from under it, mm-hmm. but as of May 4th, it's in there solid. so right. they wanted to get these transfers done before the law came into effect.
1: All right. Well, Jim, we're we're at our next break. So, folks, you've been listening to Reality Realty Northumberland 89.7 FM's local real estate talk. Join us after this break, and we'll continue to talk about the new non-resident speculation tax.
0: Pull up your leg warmers, button up your jean jacket, and frost your tips because the 80s and 90s are alive and well every Thursday night on the Retro Lounge. I'm your host, Earl Smitsky, and I'll be playing all of your favorite 80s and 90s music from chart-topping hits to one-hit wonders. And I'll even throw in some novelty songs from time to time. All This and More is waiting for you every Thursday night at 9 o'clock on the Retro Lounge,
1: right here exclusively on Northumberland 89.7, truly local radio. Northumberland 89.7 is run by volunteers. If you like radio and want to learn more, come and volunteer with us.
0: Hi, I'm Ben Bird. Join me and Dave Glover on Mondays at 4 during the drive time for the Bird Report Live right here on Northumberland 89.7.
1: Why not come out and enjoy a fabulous movie-going experience at the Rainbow Cinemas?
0: Playing May 12th to May 18th. King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, rated 14A. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, rated PG, Maudie,
1: rated PG, and Going in Style, rated 14A. Rainbow Cinemas are in the Northumberland Mall, 1111 Elgin Street West, in Coburg. For showtimes, call 905-372-2444 or visit rainbowcinemas.ca. Like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash northumberland897 and catch up on what's happening in and around Northumberland County. Welcome back. This is your local real estate forum, Northumberland, 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant. And our guest today is radio personality and local lawyer, Jim McGrath, uh, talking to us about the new rental and housing policies. And we're focusing primarily on the 15% non-resident speculation tax. So, Jim, before the break, we were looking at the the types of properties that this... uh, this tax applies to and doesn't apply to.
0: Well, you know, first, Dale, I've got to say, that's the first time in a very long time anyone said I have personality.
1: <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm okay. a lawyer, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you got to put on your lawyer hat, and, and, and quite often that that that's a pretty straight shooter <laughs> hat, isn't it?
0: Anyway, what yeah, what we've got, uh, we had some confusion over that, and there is a, a list on the government website on the speculation tax uh, that says types of property subject to the non-resident speculation tax. Um, and it applies to land, and the government says, which contains at least one and not more than six family residences. Mm-hmm. So uh, I may have misspoke myself a little earlier.
1: Uh, so if you have a, if, if you up have to a sixplex, a, if you have a six it's going to apply.
0: It, it's going to apply. So it, it's aimed at the smaller properties. Um now, uh, I- examples, obviously condominiums, uh, detached, semi-detached houses and, and, uh, townhouses, um, from a legal point of view a townhouse townhouses, essentially the same as condominiums, mm-hmm. just a different configuration. Um, it does not apply to other land such as uh, multi-residential apartments. So I know we have a couple apartment buildings here where there's 20 mm-hmm. in it. it. It doesn't apply to those. It, uh, does not apply to agricultural land. Does not apply. Does not apply or to commercial or industrial
1: land. Right. So uh, it, it's, now, it's, it's focusing on residential property, the, the yes. most basic residential property.
0: Now, uh, let's uh, look at why that confusion has uh, entered. Because of this, uh, this uh, non-resident speculation tax, the government is forcing law offices to collect more information on each real estate deal. And we now have a prescribed form which we have to complete. Uh, And part of that form is an affidavit by the purchaser as to what's being bought and what they intend to do with it. And the the province has really introduced uh, an extra step for the lawyers that they have to do before the deal closes. We now have to uh, get this information for them. Uh, we have to enter it into the Terranet system that we use to transfer things. When the information is received, we are given back a number that we have to use when we do the eventual deed. Then we have to enter this number into the into the process. It doesn't get entered on the deed, but it gets entered into the information in the background that the lawyers rely on when the registration happens. So very often what lawyers were doing quite properly is you'd get the information. you'd create the deed, you have to have the client sign uh, and then you'd register when the day came. Now you have to get the client in, take this information before you can do the deed. You have the client in to sign uh, to sign this affidavit essentially. Then the client goes away. Then you prepare all the other documents because now you've got your your number from the government. Then you have the client in to sign documents like the deed again. So mm-hmm. you've increased the amount of work. You've also increased the liability. As the government is putting a lot of stress on lawyers collecting this information and being reasonably sure that it's true. Uh, there was a discussion between uh, the uh, Law Association's organization in Ontario and the uh, the minister uh, the minister's office about how we were to approach this and what kind of liabilities we uh, incurred by getting this information. And the lawyer has to be reasonably sure that the information is true. Uh, the, the government has said on the surface that they're not going to prosecute lawyers who collected information in good faith. But they're not bound by that. Uh, th- th- what the bottom line is, is the lawyer has to look at the whole of the deal and see whether or not he thinks there's uh, speculation going on here. Um, this, this form that we're now having to complete uh, indicates who the buyer and who the, who the seller is. It indicates the number of properties involved. Uh, it indicates whether they're a corporate or an individual. And it gives the intention for the purchase. Um, so, that the first parts of that are, are fairly straightforward information, but the last part, the intention of the purpose is uh, of, of the transaction, is not so certain and a little bit more difficult. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out in my own practice how I deal with this. Now I've got to start to look at things like, where does the money come from? Uh, and we're not just talking about the mortgage, we're talking about the down payment. Mm-hmm. If these people are coming in, they're buying a uh, a million dollar property. They're putting seventy five percent in as a mortgage. Well, they're coming up with two hundred fifty thousand dollars. At one point, I wouldn't have particularly questioned that. Now I'm going to say, have to say, you know, where are you getting this money? Is this your own money? Is this savings? Is this coming from overseas? You know, wh- where are you? And so our also our obligation to know our client. Is upped a little bit generally we have to know our clients we have to get uh, identification from the client there's this whole money laundering thing that went on with real estate fraud but now we've got to know even more about them it's I didn't have to ask in the old days the old days being two months ago <laughs> where a client lived you wanna come in you buy a house you have the money you are who you say you are fine we're away but now I've got to know are you a Canadian citizen? Are you a resident Canadian? If you're not a Canadian citizen, do you have an immigration card? I never had to ask people that before, and quite frankly, I'm not comfortable asking them that, but now I have to.
1: Yeah, uh, Sooner or later, you will be comfortable <laughs> with it. And, and so it sounds like, I mean, I remember when it was announced, when um, these policies were announced, and then implementation, implementation date was like, right on its heels yep. was the government ready with all the details and forms and everything right away no so
0: and that that's why we got the uh the uh transition period between april 24th and may 4th part of that now they did get the forms together fairly quickly but i think they're still going to find difficulties
1: details to iron out yep as it goes they, through they,
0: they've got this business of of uh putting in the details of the property and getting back your appropriate number so that you can actually go through with the transaction that's very cumbersome Mm -hmm. i mean this whole TerraNet thing when they brought that in was supposed to make it go slicker and for the first couple years it did not but as they ironed things out it did and it's a pretty good system right now but it took a couple years to do that this they seem to think oh we're going to solve this in a month and i'm i'm afraid that a lot of, to get political for a second a lot of this impetus has to do with the next election
1: okay well i i, I don't know but i i don't pay a whole lot of attention to the politics <laughs> but uh, it, yeah it could, i mean what isn't political for those folks really
0: well that that's true but is this going to solve the problem i don't know i don't know cuz you 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 think that it's focused on the idea that this money is pouring in from overseas, mm-hmm. driving up the Toronto market. I haven't seen the stats that say where the money is actually coming from, whether this is a perception or it's reality. But there's a lot of rich people in Canada.
1: Yeah, and well, there, but there, I remember in the news for over the last year, there's, there was always um, contrary news, uh, contrary information from the different sources, some saying that this percent of purchases was from foreign buyers and some other organizations saying, no, that's not true, it's this percent. But when B- BC brought theirs in, their, their, and it was 15% as well, I believe, uh, I believe that they did notice uh, a, a softening of their market, didn't they, Jim? Yes, yeah, the
0: the, the Vancouver market has cooled somewhat. Uh, now, it's interesting, and I think this is what everybody is hoping. It has cooled the Vancouver market, but it hasn't trashed it.
1: Which, the, the, yeah, the, how far the, will it go?
0: The, the market's still a hot market, but it's just not quite as hot as it was, which I think is the effect they're looking for here. And, and maybe, you know, to be fair, maybe that's the thought. Maybe if they just cut off this one portion uh, of extra money coming in, it'll just slow it down a little bit without trashing it the the extra tax they brought in in Toronto for buying within the city of Toronto didn't kill off the market there i don't mm-hmm. know how much that is but there there's a premium for buying inside the city mm-hmm. so that that didn't kill off the market so it seems a pretty robust market right now and and we'll see and I, my own personal thought here is the the real driver that kills this market and i do believe sometime in the next few years it will die is going to
1: be interest rates. Interest rates. Well, interest rates, those lenders have been lending, the, the people with the money have been lending out their money on mortgages for far less yep. than what they've been happy with. I mean, they're, they're in uh, catch-22. They, they can't they're They raise the rates or else people are going to start losing homes, and they don't want to be the owners of those homes necessarily. Yep. So, yes, at the first chance they can successfully raise
0: and uh, business businesses need low interest rates because they operate on operating lines of credit so the good lower interest rates have been good for them but the business world has been picking up so eventually the the fed the federal bank's going to say "Well, we can afford to bring our rates up a little bit mm-hmm. and, you know just quarter of a point at a time whatever but when when people with large mortgages come to renew their mortgage Add another five hundred dollars a month onto that mortgage payment, and all of a sudden they can't afford their home. They start to walk away from them. Well, ho- when that happens, we're in trouble.
1: Yeah, hopefully people have been taking that into account, realizing that then when they budgeted at these historically low rates, that they they realize that uh, an increase in five years from then is uh, is a has real potential. Well, ho-
0: hopefully they have, but. I don't have a lot of faith in that. No. I, I see people coming in and bumping up their mortgages.
1: Yeah. What about this tax uh, Jim the the other thing that was announced and and I'm not sure that it's in play yet, but I think they're they're working on legislating it is is the vacancy tax. Uh, they I'm hearing it talk about 1% that would that the government is going to allow Toronto to charge, a, if Toronto chooses to, a vacancy tax and possibly other municipalities.
0: Okay, that, that's a very interesting point because that is a problem here in Coburg, too. Uh, the, the way it stands now is that if your property is vacant, your property taxes are reduced, they're discounted. You'll see there are a number of properties uh, around Coburg that the landlord is looking for Toronto prices for. Mm-hmm. They're looking for $17, $18 a square foot uh, when the market can't bear that, so the place sits empty. But they are then again, they're speculating, assuming that at some point this uh, push from Toronto is going to drive up the prices and they'll have a good property on their hands. The argument to the other side is that because their property taxes are discounted if it's vacant, they have an disincentive to get that property rented out and lower the rents,
1: Yeah, so it, if somebody yeah. comes by and says and says, "Hey, I, I'd like to rent your space. I, I see it's been empty for some time. Yeah. Can you work with me? Can I maybe start a little lower and over the next three, five years, yeah. move up to what what the market rates are, maybe you're not getting the cooperation in in the system we're in today. That's true. You're not, and you're having landlords that are saying, "No,
0: I need I need eighteen dollars a foot. That's it." When what the market can really bear is maybe ten, but they're they're getting that discount. My understanding, and I'm not clear on this, so no one should take my word. My understanding is that this needs uh, action by the province and not just by the city. I don't think the city can do this by itself. Um, but the argument is get rid of this discount get their property taxes back up to where they should be, because after all, the services are still there, maybe not fully used, but they're still there, and that will incentivize the landlords to get the places rented out, which means renting them for a little bit less.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, Jim, we took on a two-hour topic in a one-hour time slot, and we're at the end of our time here.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> certainly, certainly a lot there, and uh, I hope we didn't Confuse people any more than it is, in fact, a confusing topic.
1: Well, Jim, uh, thank thank you for being on. Now, if somebody is interested in more information or or for any of their real estate requirements, what's the best way that they can contact you? Uh,
0: well, they can contact me at my office 373 uh, uh and I, I'd be happy to help them out. Uh, certainly, uh, real estate's going well, and uh, we can we can always do more real estate. Uh, we do other kinds of law, of course, uh, as everyone in town knows. I, I do litigation and, and corporate stuff, but we, uh, we're certainly doing more real estate right now. But if they want information on this specifically uh, without going to a lawyer, I recommend they just Google in
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, non-resident speculation tax, and they'll get a lot of government information.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and it, the information is not bad. Interpreting it sometimes a little difficult, but the information itself is not bad.
1: Well, thank you very much, Jim, for joining, joining us this morning. And folks, if you have any questions or comments about today's show or for any real estate questions, uh, feel free to also contact me by emailing dale at dalebryant.ca or call into the station at 905-372-2391 and leave me a message. And don't forget to join me, Dale Bryant. I'm an active real estate broker with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. Join me next Thursday from 11 a.m. until 12 noon for Reality Realty on Northumberland 89.7 FM, Truly Local Radio. Until next week, folks.